0: shall we pray? We thank you, Father, for this morning. We just worship you. We just want to thank you. We just want to give you glory. We just want to give you honor. 12 days into the 13th year. Awesome, God. You're an awesome God. Your mercy endures forever. This morning, O Lord, once again, we come to your throne room of grace. Yes, Lord, we acknowledge that you are holy, 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 totally set apart from your creation, absolutely set apart, nothing like us, but yet a God who is so absolutely holy, 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 so set apart, yet becomes a man. Father, what condescension bringing us redemption, that in the dead of night, not one faint hope inside God gracious tender laid aside his splendor stooping, to woo, to win, to save our souls. Oh Father, this morning, even as we therefore meditate upon your word, Father, I pray that you grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we will know you, that we will understand your word, and that we will not only understand, but we will keep what you speak, that what you have spoken into our hearts, even during this last hour of time. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the hearing and the speaking of this word, for in Jesus' name, Amen. So look, we looked at bowing our knee. and We looked at the examples in the Old Covenant. We saw Abraham the prophet who prayed. A man of prayer, Isaac, also a man of prayer. But you know, the, the, the one character in the Bible who caught my attention yesterday, of course, is the very first book of the Bible. The man of prayer. What's his name? Excuse me. The man of prayer. In the very first book of the Bible. Ah. Any ideas? What is the very first book? First first book of the Bible? Not Genesis. Job. Thank you. Well. Turn with me to Job chapter one. Therefore. (laughs) Verse one. Verse 3, there was a man in the land of Uz, Uts actually, whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, the one who feared God and shunned evil. Verse 3, oh sorry, verse 8 if I am right, 8. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless, a bright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. How many things mentioned over here about Job? Servant of Job, servant of God, servant of the Lord. Numero you know, in as far as God is concerned. Second characteristic. Third, blameless, actually KJV uses the word, perfect, thank you, upright, one who fears God, and one who shuns evil, chapter 2, and verse 3, then the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? Hmm. Again, my servant Job, none like him on the earth, on all the earth, in all the earth. Okay, numero you know. Okay, blameless, that is perfect, upright, one who fears God, one who shuns evil or eschews evil. It says in the KJV, and the guy who holds fast to his integrity. That is Job, the man of prayer. You know, I read the book of Job a few times. I wouldn't say several times because that's one book which I conveniently avoid because I don't want to suffer. <laughs> okay, I read it sometime, once a year almost, I think. Um, if I'm reading through the Bible, when I go through the cycle of the Bible, whatever number of times, I read the book of Job also. But... Uh, i am always scared always scared to read the book of job because it's um a a book which is not very easy to to um digest isn't it and the very first book of the bible introduces a character whose name is what job have you ever asked this question what does job mean you know Really, interestingly, interestedly, in, in my in my entire life, have not ever asked this question: What does the word "job" mean? You know what the word "job" means: the one who is persecuted, the one who is hated, the one who is treated as an enemy, like an enemy. That is what the wo- word "job" means. No kidding. Go and. Do your research into the Jewish Encyclopedia and look at the parallel interlinear Bibles and everything. Every translation, rendering of the word Job means, the persecuted, the hated, (laughs) the one who is treated as an enemy. That is what Job means and interestingly the very first book of the bible introduces a character who's hated okay i mean if if we were to uh, put the bible in chronological order the new covenant or the old covenant would start with what job if you put the new covenant in the in the chronological order in terms of the episodes at least You know what's the first book which, worst episode will come? James! Like sister Elsa got us that two globes, no? You know what, you know what that is called? Yesterday she was telling me, you know what Vijay, this is called? This is called bookends. So if you would, if you were to put the two bookends of the Bible, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, you have Job and James both talking about people going through trial, persecution, and those people who are hated. And interestingly, of course, James is the only book in the, in the epistles which mentions about who? Job. I'm just bringing to your attention some things which you already know. Alright. So Job means what? The one who is hated. The one who is persecuted. The one who is treated as an enemy. And that guy prayed. No wonder he prayed. He had to. (laughs) There's no, there's no plan B for him, okay? Right. I believe for us as believers, our life if it's a pilgrimage, okay, sojourning, like that's what Peter would say, right? Peter is another epistle which tells you as to how to suffer successfully. No kidding. Both the epistles of Peter are an exhortation to believers as to how to suffer successfully. That's the reason why he says don't suffer as an evildoer. Don't suffer like a sinner, etc., etc. But suffer for righteousness sake. Suffer as so many, so many attributes are given, Right? so how to suffer successfully is what and in fact the entire bible if you will if it is written to the believers it is a thesis or a, a an exhortation the message of the bible in one sense is as to how to live a successful suffering life and if if our life is a pilgrimage right Like strangers and sojourners abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. That's how Peter starts. To the elect exiles in the diaspora. (laughs) Exiles or sojourners or or pilgrims in the diaspora. So if you are an elect, what are you? If you are God's chosen one, first thing you are a stranger. You are a stranger in this world. Your citizenship is not of this world. And therefore your pilgrimage... And I mean, first thing, you need to come to terms with the fact that you are a pilgrim. You are not comfortable in this world. The Jews were supposed to take an annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem. How many times? compulsory, all men. Thrice a year. First for Passover, second for Pentecost, and third for, for the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. That's essentially our Christian life, isn't it? That is how we start our life, by believing in the blood of the Passover lamb who was slain, before the foundation of the world was laid. That's how our journey starts. And second, our life into the ministry, or as a witness, begins at Pentecost, right? Ye shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, you shall receive power, etc., etc., etc. So we also are on a pilgrimage, and our life is starts at, what, Passover? And proceeds towards Pentecost, where we receive the power from the from the Holy Spirit, because we cannot live this pilgrim life um, in our own strength. It's impossible, not cannot. It's impossible to live this pilgrim life in our own strength. And therefore, we start at the Passover, where we lay down, if you will, all of our righteousness, and completely depend upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and put our trust in on the blood of the Passover Lamb, and and and. Escape the angel of the death, uh, angel of death. Escape the wrath of God. That's where our and then we are born again. That's where our life begins. We're born again of the Spirit, and then our our life as a witness comes comes to the uh, start begins when we receive the empowering of the Holy Spirit from above, and finally, our pilgrimage ends when Jesus Himself comes and tabernacles among us. That's the ultimate goal. But, you know, when the Jews took a pilgrimage, they started to sing a few songs. First song that they sing, (laughs) if you will, please turn with me to Psalm 120 and verses 5 to 7 in the ESV, if you will. Look at what he says. I am in distress. Oh, sorry. Verses 5 to 7, Sami. Verses five to seven, seven Psalm one twenty, verses five to seven in the ESV. Yeah, woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar, which is so far away from Jerusalem. In other words, okay, too long have I had my dwelling place among those who what hate peace. What does Job mean? The one who is hated, hated, yeah, persecuted. Too long have I dwelt, have I have I had my dwelling among those who 8. Peace. I am for peace, but when I, when I speak, they are for war. Uh, that is how our life as a pilgrim starts, by realizing that, boy, I am so far from the celestial city. <laughs> I am dwelling in this place among those people who hate me for such a long time. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for War and he says, boss, I want to leave this place and go to my heavenly dwelling. The Jerusalem, which is from above. And you need to expect this. All 2nd Timothy 3 verse 12 and 13 in the NIV, we can put it. In fact, in fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted, will be a Job, in other words. Will be a Job, because the Job means the persecuted. While, on the other hand, evil men and imposters, in other words, hypocrites, evil men and hypocrites will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So you have to be, you have to expect to be persecuted. And that is exactly the reason why. If you turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 1, first. Normal. This is uh, NIV, NKJV. Okay, by the way, these things have I spoken to you that you should not be, that that you, that, uh, these things I have spoken to you that, you should not be made to stumble. ESV or NKJV or KJV maybe. KJV. KJV, yes. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. And uh, uh, NIV. These things have I spoken to you that you should not go astray. ESV. These things I have spoken to you to keep you from falling away. You say, don't get offended. Don't go astray, don't fall away, and what? Don't stumble. I have spoken to you these things. What are these things, Baba? What are these things? So let us now read from chapter 15 of um, John and verse 18 onwards. <laughs> if the world hates you, ah! If, in other words, if the world treats you like a job. Thank you so much. Dr. Lucas on the, on the money all the time, okay. If, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me first, before it hated you. Okay. One of a hated race, <laughs> stung by a prejudice, suffering injustice, yet he forgives. God with us, so close to us. One of a hated race, stung by a prejudice, suffering injustice, yet he forgives. Wow. Wept for my wasted years. Etc. 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 I forget the lyrics for that song. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me first before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love its own. (laughs) So that is the reason why if the world loves you, okay. Think about it. Okay. The world will always love its own. The moment you try to, I mean, if you not try to, <laughs> the moment you become a born-again believer, genuine born-again believer, what am I saying? The moment you become a genuine born-again believer and you say, you know what, I want to live a life which is separated, the world will begin to hate you. Yeah, okay, That's exactly what happened to Jesus too. That's exactly the reason why he says the world cannot hate you. He looks at his brothers and he says, the world cannot Hate you, but it hates me. You know why? Because I show to them that their deeds are evil. My, I literally stick out like a proverbial sore thumb among you. Okay, therefore it hates you. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you. You didn't choose me, and you say, "Lord, why did you choose me?" Thank God, He chose you. By the way. But I chose you out of the world. In other words, the word the word to be chosen, meaning to be to to be the elect of God. Okay. But I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world will treat you like a what? Like a job. Be prepared. And if you're not being pre- treated like a job, then something is wrong with you. That is the reason why today you will get a what do you say a, 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 a motivation class to read through the book of Job. <laughs> Honestly, because how many of us really really study the book of Job? You get scared, no? There's one book which I keep to the last. I don't know why. It's somehow inherent in my system. Okay, I'll read it in the last. I'll read it in the last. Okay, I finished all the books. Okay, fine. Right. Let's go to Job now. <laughs> if you were of the world, the world would love its own, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Then go on. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, in other words, if they have treated me like a job, they will also treat you like a job. If they have kept my word, they will keep yours also. What a tremendous promise. But all these things they will do to you for my namesake because they do not know him who sent me. In other words, yesterday's prayer, no? The first thing I got up in the morning, I was reminded. I was, he was preparing the message. Your name be hallowed. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I said, your name be hallowed. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And the first thing I entered into the, into <laughs> the church office, I said, Your, your name be hallowed, your will be done, your kingdom come. Let that, let that become a battle cry. Okay. But all these things they will do for my name's sake. Therefore, blessed are you if you are persecuted for, sorry, if uh, people treat you as evil and all kind, and call you all kinds of name for my name's sake. You see, that is a higher level. Blessed are you if you're persecuted for righteousness sake. But this higher level, the next level is, blessed are you, if they call you all kinds of name for my name's sake. But you should be very, very clear. That is for his name's sake, and most of us don't qualify. Hmm. Right, I mean, at least I don't qualify. I am saying, Lord, make me qualify. Okay. Okay. So, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. So, let us not be vain. Yeah, (laughs) not yet. Okay, we are not there. All right. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. And then, if I had not come to you and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. I came and I showed them. And I said, what is the ultimate work that you need to do? Believe in me. And the Holy Spirit when He comes, He will convict the world of sin. Why? Because they did not believe in Me. And He says, He who hates Me, hates My Father also. Boy! In other words, why? Because Your Father and Me are one, Baba. We are not separate. And then, goes on. If I had not done among them the works which I, which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. And that should be our ultimate aim in my life, in our lives. You know, what is the ultimate degree that you can obtain in Christendom? To be hated without a cause. If there is a cause for you to be hated, then, then you should be ashamed. That is the reason why it says in 1st Peter chapter 2, if you are suffering for, because you have committed sin, Repent. Good, you got some two, three shots. But if you are being suffering for doing the right thing, and because you have a, you want to have a clear conscience before God, then this is commendable before the sight of God. For to this you are called, it says, because Christ also suffered, leaving us an example, etc., etc. You know that was so many times we looked at it. Alright, they hated me without a cause. What is the ultimate degree you should have? They hated me without cause. First thing. Second, which of you can convict me of sin? Second, till now, nobody in the world. It has has remained as the ultimate question. No human being, no principality, no power of darkness can stand before God and say, you know what, I can see some sin in the Son of God. No. And it says the ruler of the world has come. And he has found nothing. Three degrees. Doctorate. Post-doctorate. Table doctorate. Heaven. Okay. Too much. So the ultimate degree that we should have is they hated me without a cause. Which of you can convict me of sin? Third, the ruler of this world has come and he has found nothing. Okay, they hated me without a cause. And then, but when the helper comes, now we need the helper. Why do we need the helper? Because we know that the world is going to hate us. And you think it's going to be easy for us to be a witness? No. Whom I shall send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness. You shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And verse 16 now. Chapter 16, verse 1 and 2 now. Look at see. The next chapter. Obviously, it's the end. These things I have spoken to you. That you should not be made to stumble. Or you should not get offended. That you should not go astray. That you should not... What fall away? Because ultimately, the, uh, that day will come when many people will fall away. The great falling away will happen. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is going to come that whoever kills you will think that he offers God a service. I have spoken these things so that you will not stumble, fall away, get offended, and go astray. Manisalai. So, my servant Job. A man who is a servant of God. My servant Job. He says, My servant. Okay. Who is he? He's a perfect man. What is perfect Baba? Perfect perfectionist. He is according to the light that he has got, he gets hundred percent. What did I say? According to the light that he has got, if he he gets hundred percent. In other words. If he is in class 5, he will get 100% of class 5. That is perfectionist in class 5. If he is in class 10, how much will he get? 100%. That is what, that is what he says, right? Some 30, some 60, some 100 it says in Matthew. What does Luke say? With patience you will get how much? 100. The problem is we don't have patience there, that's all. Okay, 100 is completion, no. Isaac sowed in famine and he reaped what? Not 30, not 60, 100. Okay. He says he's a perfect man. That means according to the light that he has got, he is complete. If he's a babe, he's complete babe. That means you can give him nice cholesterol milk and he will not throw up. Understand? Second, he's an upright man. Okay, understand. What is upright? One one verse. Actually, you can look at this verse in Isaiah chapter twenty-six, verse seven. The way of the just or of the righteous is what? Is uprightness. The way of the righteous is uprightness. In other words, he does the things. In the ways of God. He has understood the ways of God. That is what uprightness means. He not only has understood the ways of God. He also applies those ways in his life. Okay. The way of the just is uprightness. Oh, most upright. Who is the most upright? God is called. You weigh the path of the just. That means you ponder the path of the just. You are looking at how these people are walking. And how is he walking? Uprightly. In other words, he is precisely following what God has asked him to do in the way that God wants him to do. That is the reason why, show us your ways, teach us your paths. He made his ways known unto Moses in his acts to the children of Israel. Why? Because Moses asked for it in Exodus chapter 33. If I have found favor in your sight. Please show me, teach me your ways. Because these are your people. And what does Jesus say? My presence will go with you and you will have rest. In other words, the most upright will walk with you. That's what it means. The next thing he says, he, he is the one who feared God. What is fearing God? This is the fear of God that you shun evil. Or rather, you turn away from evil. And fourth thing he says, he eschewed evil. You know what eschewing means? I was looking it up. I mean, I read it so many times today. I was a little, doing a little uh, word search on what does eschewing means. Deliberately avoids evil. Deliberately. Deliberately avoids evil. In other words, I will not watch a movie. Why? Just there could be something in it which can, which could defile me. Therefore I will avoid. Okay. I will avoid reading this book. Why? There could be something which could defile me. Therefore, def, de, therefore deliberately I avoid. And you live like this. You know what will happen? You will become the hated one. Okay. Successfully you will be hated. You understand? So can we do this in our own strength absolutely not that is the reason why it says the grace of god which brings salvation has appeared to all men and what does it what does it say to a teachers it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions so that we can live godly and what lives upright lives in this in this world We cannot do this in our own strength. The grace of God is to help us to live godly and upright lives and give us the ability to say no to sin and to work hard in the kingdom of God. And the second thing about Job is, if you turn with me to Job chapter 1 and verse uh, 2 onwards. yeah, Let us read from verses 2 to verse... Um uh, five, maybe. Let's see. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. So how many children did he have? Ten. Ten children. The complete man in every sense, Baba. Okay. <laughs> complete in terms of his character? Complete in terms of his possessions also. Ten children here. Seven seven children. Seven isn't it interesting, number, no? Seven sons completion. Three daughters completion. Both three and seven are completion. And 7 plus 3, completion. The sum of, summation of two odd numbers is equal to even. Kya that? Verse 3, you're all laughing, Baba. This is fact, no? Yeah. <laughs> Third, also, his possessions were 7000 and 3000. And 500. And five hundred. You see? Seven, three, three, five, five. These are all odd numbers. Complete numbers. Seven is completion. Three is completion. Five is a number of what? Grace. A man who is enjoying the favor and the mercy and the grace of God. And therefore he's complete. Simple. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. In other words, compared to the Indians and the Chinese and the... And by the way, whose uh, whose descendant is he? Any ideas? Excuse me? Ah, ah. Nah. Shem, thank you. Hey, Dr. Luke, aray, too much anyway. Shem, exactly. Shem, Japheth and Ham. He is the descendant of Shem. He is a Shemite. And our Lord Jesus Christ is also a Shemite. Abraham is a Shemite. Okay, so he is from the stock of Abraham. At least. As much as I can see. Okay. Understand all these details. Very interesting details by the way. Okay. So he had five female donkeys, five hundred female donkeys, a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. And then, go on, verse 4 and 5. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day. <laughs> that means they had a calendar of feasts. Okay, And they feasted like crazy. They would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. The sons had a feast and invited their sisters. This is what they did. It's very interesting, okay. That is all the culture of the East. The culture of the East is never be never make your I mean never be dependent upon your sister. On the other's help. On the other hand, you should help your sister. You know, I've seen this at least in uh, in Andhra. I don't know how much it is in uh, in um, in your in your culture in Gujarat. That if I have a sister, okay, and I am I'm the baba. You no, know, I have becomes the, I become the brother-in-law, and my sister gets married. I never be dependent upon my brother-in-law. On the other hand, I always make an effort to help my sister. She becomes my responsibility. I've seen that in Andhra a lot. Okay. It's remarkable, actually. Sister has got a, such a fantastic position in, in 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 their lives. They do the brothers do everything it takes, whatever it takes to see see that the sister's life is happy. It's exactly what, ha- what is happening. This is, that is the reason why he was the greatest among all the people in the East. I'm not sure how it is in the Western countries. But in the East it is like that. At least at least in India, at least in Andhra I've observed. But there's just only a culture. We are not uh, making a doctrine out of it. just an observation, by the way. So they invited the sisters to eat and drink with them. They didn't go to their sisters. They invited the sisters. I like that. That is the reason why perfect man Baba. So it was when the days of the feasting had run their course. And that means they didn't feast for one day, Baba. They feasted for days. It's that's how it is in in, in 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 Andhra also, no? If there is a wedding which is going to take place, one week before the wedding, one week after the wedding. Abba Bhi pata nahi kaise kaise hai tumara shaadi? Shaadiyan kaise hai? Mujhe nahi marum. But us un zaman mein toh isayi hotay the. Khamse kam three din pehle aur three din baad. Three days before. Three days after and one day the wedding. Seven days. Perfect. Okay, so they will perfectly enjoy the wedding. Okay. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. He would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them for Job. Thought, the word says, it, it, the NIV says, Job would be thinking. This is a thought. It, the word is Amar. There are two words. Dabar is to speak. Amar is to think. Or to say within yourself. It's a, it's a, it's your conscience which is speaking to yourself. Okay. Amar, okay. For Job Amar, or he spoke to himself, or he thought within himself, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God. Where? In their hearts. In other words, a man who was sensitive to sin. Very, very sensitive. He had a sensitive conscience. Would bother him. He would not make him fall asleep before he has settled accounts with his conscience. Very hard to find in these days people who have a tender conscience before God and man. And you know what? Thus Job did regularly, you know what? And I will say, continually. Continually. Continually, just not one day, two days. That is the reason he was a perfect man, man of prayer. He was con- he was he would do it over and over and over. This was Job's regular custom. Continually. Can you put the MSG? It's beautiful in the MSG. Okay, verse five, just verse five. Okay, when the parties were over. Job 1, five. Job would get up early in the morning and sacrifice a burnt offering for each of his children thinking, I told you right, thinking maybe one of them sinned by defying God where? Inwardly you see one man who was worried about inward sin and not outward sin do you know why this is not no wonder this is the first book of the Bible and no wonder he was persecuted because he was sensitive of inward sin and not outward outward sin. He was more sensitive about inward reality than outward reality. Maybe one of them sinned by defying God inwardly. Job made a habit of this sacrificial atonement just in case they had sinned. I like that. Just in case. I was telling Sammy yesterday. Thank you Sammy. And he said, why, why sir? Why are you thanking me? Just in case. Just let it be credited into your account. Nonsense. <laughs> just in case just in case my goodness he would, in other words he would always have credit with God not with, not debit with God I like that I like that I love it I mean I, I'm not making a doctrine or whatever I'm just thinking like that you understand what I'm saying so, I mean nobody can be in credit with God God is no man's debtor first of all we have to settle our accounts with God Okay, but that means he is doing it continually. Why? Because he was not worried about outward sin. He was worried about inward reality. And if you have this kind of attitude, you know what? You will be also a job. Question is, are you concerned about inward reality? That your life has to be absolutely transparent before God and with, before man. There is no hidden hidden agendas anywhere. And what does it say? He holds fast to his integrity. I love that. What to God? There will be men and women in the last days in the church of Jesus Christ who would say, Lord, grant me that grace, Lord. Grant me that grace. Grant me that grace, Lord. Grant me that grace that I will be a man who will not sin outwardly, who will not be concerned about just outward sin, but inward sin. Inward reality is more important for me than anything else. How can he offer atonement for his sons if he himself is not judging himself in his heart? That is the reason why the kinds of statements that he makes, you know, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not defile myself, I will not lust after a woman. What a man. What a man in these last days, my dear brothers. My dear brothers, think about that, think about that, think about that. I'm talking to brothers who will not, who will say, Lord, even if somebody comes, I will put my head down and walk lest I, even in my heart, have ulterior motives and thoughts. Against the opposite sex. And if you have that kind of an attitude. You will suffer. And therefore you need what? (laughs) Prayer. (laughs) You know the equation in the Bible? Now we will go to the other bookend. We looked at one bookend. Let us look at the other bookend. Which is the other bookend Baba? James. And we are not looking at James chapter 1 now. We are looking at a very interesting verse, which is in conjunction with prayer and suffering. Okay. James chapter 5, verse 13 onwards. 13 to 18. Okay. Let's read from verses 13 to 18. Okay. Is anyone among you suffering? Question mark. You know what? If I ask this question in the church, everybody will raise their hand. Even the baby will say, I'm suffering. You know? Or children say, my parents, baba. So much of suffering. So we have to be very precise about definitions, right? Okay, we'll come to that later on. Let us, let us read the entire passage first. And we will come to the suffering part later on. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Kya baat hai? Look at the equation. Because I was drawn to this, uh, this verse when pastor was talking, uh, during the one, one of the Q&A sessions. Remember? That Q&A sessions? Okay. Q&A sessions, baba. Be Very, very careful, don't just take any of those things lightly, okay. is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and then and that, uh, by the way, that anointing all is free, okay, but let's move on and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Kya baata? You see the whole thing? Where sin baba? Maybe in your heart, inwardly. Just think about that. Verse 16. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then? Elijah was a man. KJ will use the word, with like passions. There so many terms here in the Bible, which is used only twice, like passions. You know, where, it, where else this word is used, it's used in the, in the gospel, not uh, gospel. Acts. You don't have to turn there, okay. Acts chapter 14, where these guys go to this place, I think it's in uh, Lystra, I don't know, where uh, they um, deliver this guy, uh, who? Yeah, yeah, who's intently looking at him? And Paul says he looks at him and says, "Yeah, he has got faith to be healed." And he says, "Get up in the name of Jesus." And the whole people want to come and offer sacrifices. Remember to Paul and Barnabas. And you know what? What Paul and Barnabas do? They tear their clothes and they say, "You know what? We are men like like passions like you. We are not any different." The same word here. Elijah was a man with like passions, and he prayed, how? Honestly, that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years, or three and a half years, yes, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit, but how does it start? James chapter 5, verse 13, Is anyone among you is suffering? Let him pray. That is today's title. Are you suffering? Then pray. But the point is, everybody will say, yeah, I am suffering, brother. inni <laughs> na Okay, so many customs and customs. Not customs. Yeah, customs also is a big custom. Because uh, whenever we order for books in from uh, the US, we have to pay customs, which is a big custom for us. We have to pay through our nose sometimes. Anyways, that is different. So he says, is anyone among you suffering? You see the word is kakop kakopatheo 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 kako means evil patheo means suffering evil suffering evil patheo pathetic no For which we get the word pathos pathos okay kakopatheo Kaka plus patheo not too much into the words but where else this is used so that we get a we get an understanding as to what is biblical suffering because we all have our own ideas of what suffering is for example for children to work hard is suffering oh yeah <laughs> he's here one of the students is here big suffering for them yeah they are saying there's some people they call it persecution also <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> Alright? So what is suffering? What is biblical suffering? And who are these people who can qualify and call them and say, you know what, I am really suffering. And therefore I need to pray. You need to understand. So let us look at three. Three attributes as to who is this first person? who Who is this person who is suffering biblically? First, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's go to verses 1 to 3, 1 to actually, 1, through 1 to 4, 1 to 4, 1 to 4, 1 to 4, you therefore my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, so tell me, let me tell you something, you cannot go through this process until and unless you have the what of God, the grace of God, this is not in our own strength, my dear brothers. Okay, understand this, please, please, please. Let us let us not be thinking that we can achieve this in the flesh. No way, no way. Having started in the spirit, we should not be made perfect in the flesh. It is foolish. If you are, if you are doing it, you are bewitched, according to Galatians. Okay, foolish Galatians. We are foolish and we are bewitched both. Oh, foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you? <laughs> hmm? Understand? Okay, so it says, you therefore my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So many times I mentioned this, every church has to think at least four generations. The generation of Paul, the generation of Timothy, the generation whom Timothy is going to to, entrust it to and the next generation, four generations for spiritual posterity or spiritual continuity you understood let's move on you therefore now think about this must ah uh, what is hardship there suffering adi okay you therefore must endure suffering as a good soldier not just a soldier you can have a uniform of the soldier, but you could be making, uh, you could be what? Cooking. Obi-Abi-Wampar, uh, he will be a cook in the army, he will come to his village and say, I am in the army. Okay, You could be in the army, eating army food and trembling before Goliath. Okay. Whatever the army is giving you, th- nicely you are eating and you are getting some extra also from home. And whenever Goliath is coming, you are describing Goliath and not fighting Goliath. So a lot of people like that, they will describe, (laughs) Goliath, look at this man, how huge he is. And what are you doing? Eating three times, nicely. And your father is thinking that you are fighting, poor fellow. David, please go and give him some food. What kind of... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Illusions we give to people, no? As if you are all fighting a big war. Now nothing is happening over there. You are eating three times nicely and describing Goliath. What we call us we speak about the mountain, but not speak to the mountain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Hmm? And also eat food. Nicely. Therefore, you must endure what? Hardship. Endure suffering. So this is what biblical suffering is. How are you endure, you're enduring suffering as not an, not an ordinary soldier, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ? You are enduring suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And if you are enduring suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, then you have to... If anybody suffering suffers, let him ah, pray. If you are enduring suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you need prayer. So that you can successfully endure. Understand? And he says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So if you are a good soldier, what is your what is your aim? To please him who has enlisted you as a soldier. Who has called you to be a soldier? Not your pastor. The moment you have become a born again believer, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, you are into warfare. That's exactly what 1 Peter chapter 2 will say. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word of God. 2, that is 2-2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. As newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word of God so that you may grow up in your salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And verse 11 it says, my dear brothers and sisters, as soldiers and pilgrims, what? abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. You are a babe, yes, but you need to understand, you have been enlisted to become a, not just a soldier, a good soldier. You are born in Abraham's house for sure. But you have been trained to become a good soldier. And what is your aim? Your aim is to please the one who has enlisted enlisted you to battle. And if you have been trained to one who has enlisted, uh, if your aim is to please the one uh, who who has enlisted you into battle, what are you supposed to do? You have to endure suffering. And therefore you need to pray. You see the equation? Very straightforward. So in order to do that, you should not get engaged. In warfare, no one—I mean, sorry—no one engaged in warfare entangles himself. You know what entangling is, which ha- often happens to our wires if you don't roll it properly. When we were kids, now we used to love to patang you know, guda, love to fly, like, fly kites. We Used to have the chakri. na chakri? Chakri ko achcha dasthi What will happen? The whole r- the manja gets tied up and entangled and once it gets entangled, Baba, you have to be patient because manja, if it gets entangled, it'll lose its sharpness. You cannot do anything. Sorry, I'm using all the words over here. Okay. For those people who don't understand whats what I'm saying, it's like, you know, a, a thread, if you don't wind it properly into that, whatever that is, It'll entangle it. It'll, it'll, it'll get entangled. And if you have to disentangle it, slowly you have to remove knot by knot by knot by knot. And if you don't remove it properly, you'll make another knot. You know that? Have you observed that? Most of the times it happens like that. And finally you think that you have removed all knots, but there'll be one knot, finally it'll become a knot. Have you seen that? It becomes a knot. Slowly, Lots of people's lives are like that. So many entanglements. It's like twine which has got entangled. Complicated, complex lives. Because of their own foolishness. Got entangled and entangled and entangled. Now God has to, and they want deliverance easily. Deliverance doesn't happen like that, no. So what should God do? Un- untangle. Not entangle. Untangle them. That's a new word. Untangle. Untangle them slowly, one, one, one knot at a time, one knot at a time. And then, in the process, it becomes, hopefully one day, straight. Okay? So no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with affairs of this life. And the word entangle occurs only twice in the entire Bible, by the way, in the New Testament. You know where else it occurs? excuse me no second peter chapter 2 verse 20 onwards <coughs> for if they for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the lord and savior jesus christ they are again Entangled into them. This is talking about believers who were once delivered. If you go back, you know what, you'll make your life worse. Not easy. If, because the unclean spirits, unclean spirit after it has been delivered out of a man, if you don't walk in your deliverance, what happens? You become worse and not better. It's dangerous to be a believer, by the way. And be empty. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them. And now what has happened? They are overcome. Instead of overcoming sin, they are being overcome by their sin. Why? Because they got entangled. And one of the things that a soldier has to do is to have a discipline of unknotting himself every day of his life. You understand? Why? The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. And then goes on. Verse 21 and 22. For it would have been better. Wow. It's like, you know, talking about Judas. It would have been better for that fellow not to be born. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment. Why did they get entangled? They turned from the holy what? Commandment. Who gives? Who gets commands? Who gets commands? Soldiers. Understand that. Saab dhan, saab dhan. Dam, the NCC camp was one of the most horrifying experiences experience for all us, all of us. Now, when we went to the NCC camp, once whistle, everybody has to get up. And if you don't get up, and a lot of us, we start sleeping. no? you know what happens? That fellow, that that officer will come with a, with a whip. My god, and he chases all of, us, all of us out of our tents. And we are where in Himachal Pradesh? In that cold climate? Nicely in our, tucked, in, tucked inside of our nice sleeping bags. He comes inside and he whips us out of our sleeping bags. One command. Assemble. You eat when they ask you to eat. Exactly. Everything else follows. I'm starting. I'm, I'm not going to use the other things. So you understand. That's it. Commands. To turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit. And a soul having washed to her wallowing in the mire. It's gone back. And the latter end is worse than the first. So don't get entangled my dear brothers. Don't don't get entangled in the affairs of this life but make it your aim to please the one who has enlisted you as a soldier. Therefore you need to end your hardship. How? Getting up early in the morning, whenever he asks you to wake up, whatever it is morning by morning he awakens me and I did not turn as one rebellious therefore he has given me the tongue of a disciple why because I had an ear of a disciple and one day I was able to give my cheeks to those who slapped me and those who pulled my beard you know why I was a disciplined soldier soldier fights And what's the ultimate aim of the soldier is to win the battle. (sighs) Somebody said something very interesting, no? No, Don't become a soldier who dies for his country. Become a soldier who will make the other fellow die for his country. I like that. Wow! Total equation change, no? Those of my Hindi brothers who are watching will understand what I said. Hmm? So ensure, ensure that the other fellow will die for his country. Don't die for your country. <laughs> okay, win the battle. Win the battle. Okay. So, what's your aim? To please the one. So how do you please? Without faith. It is impossible to please God. And those who live according to the flesh cannot please God. Walk by faith. Walk in the spirit. And we understood what it is in so many times. So many of our sermons. And our messages. So make it an aim. So let us look at how a soldier pleases his master. From the Old Testament examples. What is his aim? Is to please the one who has enlisted him into the army. Okay? To please the one who has enlisted him into the army and in the con- in the process of pleasing the one, what does he do? He suffers and therefore he needs Prayer. You understand the, 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 the whole thought process here? Let's turn to one of my favorite topics, chapters in the Bible. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 13 words. First, 13 to 17. Hmm? Then the three of the thirty chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam, And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Raphaim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in the, in Bethlehem and David said with longing, hai oh, oh, that would that somewhat would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Now, what are you as a soldier? What is your aim to please the one who has enlisted you into the army?" And how do you please not doing by minimum? Minimum requirement, sab kuch sab log karega. Nahin. Minimum requirement everybody will do. But to get the job done is a different attitude altogether, my dear brothers. If you give it into my hands, it is a done deal. Do we have that attitude? Or will we give excuses? Give it to my hands, it's a done deal. Okay, anyway. And David said with longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp. No, he was said, he was saying with longing, just like that. I don't know if he spoke loudly. Maybe he was even just thinking thinking within himself. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines. Boy, that's amazing, isn't it? You have an entire garrison there. Broke through. Balperedzin. That's a word. Broke through the camp of the Philistines. In other words, they became instruments of breakthrough. There is one thing for asking breakthrough in our lives. And another thing. To become the instrument of breakthrough. What are you? You understand what I am saying? Lord, give me a breakthrough. Is one prayer. Lord, make me a breakthrough. Another prayer. What are we? God has an amazing attitude, isn't it? That is the reason why he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Second, he says, offer the members of your bodies as instruments of righteousness instruments ka okay, matlab kya weapon you, you yourself have become a weapon like arrows in the hand of a mighty man you have become the way through which god is going to rot breakthroughs that's a different ball game altogether isn't it Lord, give me a breakthrough lord make me a breakthrough what a prayer lot of people pray for breakthrough very few in the in the, in, in 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 the church will say lord make me a breakthrough In other words, when I enter into somebody's life, their lives have to change. I am, I am a blessing wherever I am. Breakthroughs happen. That's exactly what happened with Joseph. Wherever Joseph was, the Lord was with him. And the Lord prospered the Egyptian potiphar for the sake of who? Joseph. He became a breakthrough. Understand? So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. Exactly what Paul says. My life is being poured out like a drink offering. You know, it's it's, it's amazing, isn't it? That's what he, you know, you know what he's saying? The Lord is making me into a breakthrough. Into other people's lives. Poured out to the Lord. What was their aim? Their aim was to please David. The master's wish was their will. This is not this is not some kind of a servile suffering. No. This is suffering because you love. It's like Jacob, no, because he loved Rachel. Seven years was like a few days. This is a suffering. This suffering is suffering because of love for their master. That is the the reason why, you know, how Paul introduces himself? Paul, a bond servant. The wish of the master is their will. And therefore, those who love God have what? What does a soldier obey? Commandments. Okay, 1421, John's Gospel. He who, what? Has my commandments. Isn't it interesting? To whom I give commandments, Gadu. There's a total difference between having God's commandments and the one who receives God's commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who, what? Loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What a promise. What a promise. Commandment is light. Law is life. Reproofs of instruction are a way of life. My son, if you treasure my commandments within you, he says in Proverbs. What You know what, treasuring commandments? Commandment, Rebobo. You know what, today I receive one commandment. I want to treasure it. Like the way I treasure gold and silver and money, etc. I don't want to treasure commands. Those are the people who will have commands. Why did they have commands? Because they heard commands. How do you have? 424, 818, 717. You know what I'm talking about. Mark chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. (laughs) No problem. Sammy. it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. And then, verse 25. For whoever, what? Has. Whoever has. To him, more will be given. But whoever does not have. Even that which he has, will be taken away. Now, problem is, that fellow doesn't even have. Usko already Khaliya Usko. Khali aur bhi khali ghar, khali ho Double khali Empty empty. He's so empty, he'll be made more empty. What can you empty from empty? I don't know. God can do all that. What is impossible with man is possible with God. My <laughs> goodness, I have to control my laughter. Okay, Luke's Gospel, chapter eight, verse eighteen. Because they were they were careful as to what they heard, and then Luke eight eighteen. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. So think about it. No, think about it. Think about it. David David is in that in that in that uh, in that cave, no. And these three fellows have come from. From uh, from whatever place, no, they've traveled and they wanted to see what their master is up to. What is he up to? What can we do? What can we help? How can we help? And David would say, "Oh Lord, I wish." What did he wish? Oh, water from Bethlehem. Hey guys, come 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 here, come here, come. Here. Master wants water. It's dangerous. Come on. It's for my master. Are you game? I'm in boss. Count me in. What to God? God will find three such people in a church. Who will not pray for breakthrough. But they will become a breakthrough. You know what today's title is? Become a breakthrough. Therefore, take heed, how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. Therefore, what you hear, how you hear. So how should you hear? What should be the attitude with which you hear? The wish of my master is my will. 717. What is that? John 717 and 18. If anyone wills to do his will, that's exactly what pastor was talking about yesterday, right? The will of God has become so in one with my will. I hope you were paying attention. Hmm. So such statements happen, I just go crazy. I said, boy, your name, your will, your kingdom. What a formula. Try it out continually. Let us try it out. Let us try it out continually for... Several days until it becomes life. Hmm? If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. He shall know. He shall know. If you will, you will know. If you will, you will have. Whoever has my commandments, it is he who loves me. Why? Your aim is to please the one who has enlisted you into the sol- as a soldier, right? Whether it is from God or whether whether I speak of my own authority. And what is the attitude of the one who wills the will of God? Verse verse 18. He who speaks for himself seeks his own glory. Like you know what? Instead we were talking about reflected glory. Pastor was giving that example of reflected glory. Remember that example? I hope you remember. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. So who is the one who wills the will of God? His attitude is... Your glory, your name, not my name. Your wish, my will. Your wish is my will, said Charleston Haston. Those, those dialogues used to stir me, you know, I said, boy, what a dialogue. Kya hai? Too much. Your wish is my will. How did these guys become like this? Why does that know? What is the process through which they went? What are the attitudes that they had so that they could become soldiers who had this attitude to please the master who has enlisted them in the battle and who were willing to go through suffering? Second Samuel chapter 23 verse 8 onwards. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the translation. This is what I was looking for. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Bob, David had these people was. You know why David had these people? Because he was one like that. You cannot expect to reproduce people whom you are not. Everybody after his kind. Right? Okay. That is the reason why he says... Very careful as to who your master is. I'll tell you something, no? It, it is just not important for you to be born again. It is important as to who was the instrument that caused you to be born again. You know what Paul says? I travel in, like the one who's going through childbirth because I have birthed you through Jesus Christ. Who's your spiritual father? Me. Understand that? I really recommend, uh, not recommend, okay, I don't want to recommend. Again, you, you will go on a different tangent. After the service, you ask me, I will tell you what book you, you should read. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. yosef Basabeth, the Takomite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Esnite because he had killed 800 men at once. Now, I was looking at these names, okay? I was looking at, and I was looking at the Jewish encyclopedia. What is the word of, what is this word? Adino the Esnite. His word means spear. He is a spear, basically. That's what I'm saying, no? we don't. If you don't pray for breakthrough, you become a breakthrough. Okay? So, Adino the Esnite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. What is this Adino? He was a captain, by the way. He was a captain. What does Adino the Esnite mean? Three things. I mean, two things. Humble like a worm, strong like a tree. What is that? Adino the Esnite. Jewish Encyclopedia renders it this way. Humble like a worm, strong like a tree. What a tremendous attitude. So it gives a little more description of what it's not there, okay? We have to go through Jewish encyclopedia to get through the, I was searching and searching and searching to different, different, uh, resources to find this. What is this? Because, uh, Blue Letter was not giving. Ah, Blue Letter was not giving. Blue Letter just gave a very simple description. I was like, I'm not satisfied with this. So I went to the Septuagint translation and I went to this and I went to that and search, 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 search. And the rendering of the Septuagint, Septuagint was actually, was was, 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 uh, was, uh, was, uh, was, uh, was, uh Uh, was documented in the Jewish Encyclopedia. As humble like a worm, strong like a tree. What is humble like a worm? Pliable, in other words, like a worm. Whatever you are asked to do, you do. Pliable. You, You have no reservations. No matter the circumstances, comfort or no comfort, riches or poverty, I can adjust. I have learned that secret. That is pliable like a worm. I can adjust. Who was one fellow who was pliable like a worm? In the new covenant at least. Paul. Philippians chapter 4. You want to see pliable like a worm? Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 onwards. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you care. Your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but I lacked, but you lacked opportunity. And verse eleven onwards, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content, pliable, like a worm, Just in any circumstances. In any circumstance, I know how to be abased, or rather, the translation is how to live humbly. I I have learned, I, I rather I know how to live humbly. Lot of people have so many problems to live humbly. They live lavish lifestyles. Suddenly, lockdown happens. Finished. Go on. I was looking at some of the old pictures. Jasen and I, you know, when we got married, one year after we got married, we went out for holidays. Boy, how we used to spend money those days. Shucks, man. I was thinking about it. I said, yeah, we had great moments and wonderful moments. No questions about that. Okay. We just enjoyed our vacation. We enjoyed the first few years, whatever it is. But it was super. But we were like spending money like water. It is I was. Hmm? Crazy. And a lot of humbling had to happen, no? I mean, ministry was because reason why I didn't want to come to ministry because roti, <laughs> makandogadi. One for my wife, and one for me. Yeah, but you know what? Pliable like a worm, humble like a worm. Jesus, where do you live? Rabbi, where do you live? Come and see. (laughs) Come and see Baba. Pliable like a worm. Strong like a tree. We will come to strong like a tree. First let us learn what is pliable like a worm. I learned how to live humbly. How does it start? By learning to live. How does it start? I know how to be I in other words, I learned how to live humbly. I learned how to live simple lives. I learned how to live simply. Simply, in other words. How to live simply. And because I have learned how to live simply, I know how to live in prosperity. How do I live in prosperity? Simply. You understand? Just because I'm in prosperity, it doesn't mean that it's going to affect me, my lifestyle anymore. Everybody thinks, oh, now he's got a lot of money, let him spend. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, no. See, it, that is how it starts off. Because I have learned how to live simply, I know how to live in prosperity because even in prosperity I live simply. Okay. Manitila Uh And then everywhere in all things I have learned how to be full and how to be hungry. In other words, when I was full, I made myself hungry. That is how I read it. Both to abound and to suffer need. I learned. And then, verse 13, verse 14. I can do, verse 13 is enough. I can do All things through Christ who strengthens me. You know why? Because I am pliable like a worm. Whatever that word means, Baba. Adino, Adino, the Esnite. Where do you get this word?
1: I was not satisfied with that answer. I
0: said, what is this word? I was searching, 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 searching. And I found it in the Jewish Encyclopedia finally. And then you are strong like a tree. What is strong like a tree? Meaning, you are a man of strong convictions. That's what it means. You are just not a tree, you are an oak. There is a difference between a tree and an oak. And an oak. Psalms, Isaiah chapter 61, verses uh, 1 to 3 in the NIV please. Only, only NIV. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn in Zion and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness, instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called Oaks of righteousness, kya baath hai? Oak, oak or tree ka, tree ka me both antar. but You know how an oak tree is? Strong, unmovable, fat, old, gone through suff- what is that? Pressure, wind, storm, unmovable. Every tree will fall, this one will not fall. I was I was uh, listening to a dialogue in a movie. I think it was Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. He says Andy, Andy, the, the the lead character. He loves geology. Geology. He says why geology is a study of of stones, how they how they behave in time and pressure, time and pressure. Time and pressure. Geology is a science of time and pressure. Hmm. Pressure and time. Pressure and time. Pressure and time. How can, if you can endure pressure for a long period of time. Long obedience in a single direction. Pliable like a worm, strong like an oak. That is the reason why those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish like the trees of earth. Like the, like the, saints of God. Flourish like the trees of God. Those who are planted. Okay. So these are the people. These are captains. These are attitude. These are attitudes he's got. These are pliable like a worm. Strong like an oak. Okay. So let's look at the second guy. 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 9 and 10. Next to him was Elias son of Dodai. It's actually Dodo. Uh Do dodo comes from the word same word as da, the do David. Okay, same thing, the beloved. Okay. Eliasar, the son of David, in other words. The a Kyawate. You know what the word Aho Eliazar means what? Whom God has helped or helper. Who's the helper? Holy Spirit. And in other words, Eliezer is the guy who's filled with the Holy Spirit. Who is he the son of David, the beloved of God? Our heavenly David. And what is he? Aho In other words, he is a brother of rest. In other words, he's a guy who is always at rest. Kya baat hai? New covenant believer baba. New covenant believer. These are all patterns in the Old Testament. One of the three mighty men. With David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel retreated. What did he do? He arose and (sniffs) attack <sniffs> sorry i forgot just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Verse 12 of the same chapter. It talk, talks about the other guy. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended. Oh, one guy is attacking, the other guy is defending. Okay, we'll come to defense later. First we'll talk about attack. Okay. Attack, ka matlab kya In any game, your game is football, no? National sport, football. Football met two kinds of players are there. Uh, three kinds of actually. You have the striker, midfield, defender. Who's paid the most? Striker. Attacker. Okay. Attacker is play, paid the most. You know what we have? We call as, in um, Christianity, there are two kinds of, 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 of things, okay. Two kinds of, um, Two parts in the doctrine. One what we call as polemics and the other what we call as apologetics. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Polemics, attack. Apologetics, defend. Who gets paid more? Polemics. Let me tell you something. If you look at Paul's letters, there are four P's. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Romans, Galatians are called polemics. He's attacking false doctrine. Polemical letters. Second, prison letters. Philippians, Ephesians, etc. And Colossians also, I think, if I'm right. Prison letters. Thessalonians, prophetic. Titus, Timothy, pastoral. So you have polemics. You have Prison, you have prophetic and you have pastoral. And the most powerful, polemical letter, not just Romans. I think Romans is still okay, cool, hai, thoda. relaxed, relaxed, Romans. Galatians, kya Urgent. <laughs> Galatians is one of the most polemical letters in the Bible and polemics is one thing which you have to do consistently because polemics is the one which you use to break down strongholds I'll give you an example recently we have time okay 15 minutes I'm going to finish 15-20 minutes recently there has been a uh, debate among the Islamic and Christian apologetics okay. in Islam you know why they uh, say that we do not believe in your Bible They say, we do not believe in your Bible, because your Bible is corrupted. What is it? It's corrupted. And we have the Quran. Now they call it the Holy Quran. It was never the Holy Quran first. They call it Holy Quran, because they plagiarize everything from the Bible. If you look at the entire Quran, it's all plagiarized from the Bible. Hmm? Nothing is new, because Satan has nothing new. He only copies. And he says, our Quran, perfectly preserved. Sorry. Perfectly preserved. No holes. It is right from the heaven. Not even a single dot. Not even a single tittle. Everything has been perfectly preserved. There are no variations at all. No textual variations at all. No vowel sounds. Every consonant is in the right place. Was there polemic against Christianity? Your Christianity. Yes, what does the Quran say? Believe in the gospel. right? Christianity says... Believe in the gospel. But why don't we believe in the gospel? Why do we have the Quran? Because your gospel was corrupted. Therefore, we don't believe in the gospel. And our Quran is perfectly preserved. Re- latest debates which are going on. okay? And then, in the recent years, you had guys like David Wood and J. Smith and... So many, Sam Shimon and all these people who started researching the Quran. And what they have found recently, this is as old as, let's say 1995, they found out 37 variants of the Quran. 37 variants of the Quran with at least 90,000 textual variations. And their polemic, that the Quran is perfectly preserved is a fallacy now. And that has become a latest admission by some of the top scholars in Islamic circles. And they're, no, they can't say anything because it's open, what do you say, information. So one of the big guys in uh, in uh, Islamic studies called Shabir Ali is a a, a, a Islamic uh, polemicist. You know what he says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we acknowledge that we have various, many, many textual variations and recitations of the Quran. But you know what? They're only variations. But the essential message of the Quran has not changed. Now think, think, think think, think about this argument. Okay, think, think, think about this argument. Okay, just think. Just, just, just. uh, Pastor is uh, very good at. uh, Politics, I'm studying Islamic apologetics. I have a little bit of information over here. I am just want to share with you. He says, Shabir Ali says, yes, there are textual variations in the Quran, but the essential message of the Quran hasn't changed. Now, argument of the Christian apologist was, yes, we have textual variations of the Bible, but the gospel has never changed. The essential message of the gospel has not changed. So now, if you say, If you say, if you say that the Quran has got different textual variations, but the essential message of the Quran has not changed, and your Quran says that your gospel is corrupted, but we should believe in the gospel, right? We have to believe in the gospel, but your gospel is corrupted. But what is your objection to the gospel being corrupt, uh, 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 to, to believing in the gospel, that your gospel is corrupted? What are we saying? We are applying the same consistent logic. Yes, we have textual variations in the Bible, but the essential message of the Bible has not changed. You have to be consistent. If we consistently apply your argument to our Bible, what should happen to you now? You should believe in the Gospel! And therefore your Quran is false. And you should see the, oh my god, you should see the confusion among the Islamic circles now. You know what they're saying? Hey, 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 we know that there are textual variations in the Quran, but let us not discuss it in public. Let us discuss it in private. You know what we say in the Bible? No prophecy is for what? Interpretation? Private interpretation, my dear brothers. Tireless efforts, polemics over and over and over from 1994 onwards till recent times. They Broke the defense. They broke the defense. Finally, they got the breakthrough in the last one week. Openly coming, all the Muslim scholars coming and saying, yes, there are textual variations. Now they have to come to terms with it. That is polemics. But of course, we know the ultimate polemic. We you know who the ultimate polemic? Paul. He attacked First of all, Jesus is the ultimate polemic. He said, be wary of the leaven of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees, and of Herod. What is the leaven of Pharisees? Hypocrisy. What is the leaven of Sadducees? Liberalism. This life only, no resurrection. What is Herod? Compromise. Hypocrisy, liberalism, Compromise. He attacked left, right and center. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And you know what Paul tells Timothy in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 14 and 14 and 15? Look at what he says. 14 on words. 14 on words. 14 on words. 14 to 7, 14 to 18. Yeah. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words that do not profit to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Now think about it. Think about my dear brothers and sisters. We have discussions, right? Our discussions, do they stir us up to a godly life? Or, verse 17, and their message will spread like, actually the other translations like gangrene. In other words, you touch them, you'll get corrupted. Some people in the church, you know what, if you touch them, you'll get corrupted. This message spreads like gangrene. hymenas and Philetus are of the sort. Paul openly names, right? Who have strayed concerning the truth you know hymenus in other words you think about it no hymenus and Philetus, they have been mentioned in the bible for once hey hymenitus you're in the bible for what reason for cancer Philetus, you're in the bible you know that you're you're in the bible hey your name is in the bible ray for what reason because your message is like gangrene who are straight concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already passed. And they overthrow the faith of some. They don't edify, they overthrow. You know what Paul is saying? Be a polemic. Refute all the false doctrine in your life. The ultimate polemicist was Stephen and Paul. Turn to Acts chapter 16. I'll show you a few verses. Acts chapter 6, uh, sorry, not 16, 6, 6, Acts chapter 6 first. Acts chapter 6 and verse, verse 8 and 9. 8, 8 to 10, sorry. 8 to 10. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some of, some from the, some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen. Kya baat hai? Disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Boy, he was an ultimate polemic. He was defeating them left, right and center. Arguments. Go to Acts chapter 16, 17, sorry. Acts chapter 17. And verse 16 and 17. This is Paul now while paul waited for them in athens his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city which was given to what the word for saw you know what the word is theoreo <laughs> he looked at it and he said boy this is completely given to idolatry and who's the reason not the temple the synagogue you look at the next verse verse 17 therefore <laughs> He reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. In other words, you, your, your doctrine is polemical if it conf, if it confronts every idol in your life. Like like Peter was praying in the morning, Lord, we lay down our idols, break every idol. So many idols have to be broken in our lives. Idol of something called as education, Op- opinions of men. Cast, race, etc., etc., etc. Prejudices. Another place. I, I like this. This is beautiful. Okay, turn to Acts chapter eighteen. Mm. Are you there? Verse twenty-four. Onwards. Look at this guy. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos. Born at Alexandria, like this guy, okay. An eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. Okay, eloquent man, only is there a lot of people these days. Scriptures, zero. You need eloquence and you need might in scriptures too. An eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things the lord thinks of the lord though he knew only the baptism of john now think about it now you know only first baptism or water baptism and if you are able to explain and refute and teach the word of god so fantastically what will happen to you if you are baptized in the holy spirit don't you don't don't you want that don't you want that? Now look at it. The moment he becomes baptized. I mean, so when he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of the Lord more accurately. No, that in, in other words, he was he only stopped at the baptism of John. So, like most of the people in the church, they only stopped at the baptism of water. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what happened? Next verse. When he and when he desired to cross A- Achaia, then the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace. For he vigorously, what did he do? Refuted the Jews. How? Publicly showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. That is polemics. That is attack. On the attack. Now I'll tell you, what is the what does polemics do? You know what it does? The ultimate polemicists. Who is it? After Jesus? Paul. Thank you so much. Verse 11. Galatians chapter 2. The polemical, the ultimate, the quintessential polemical letter. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> but I make known to you brother. No, no, 2, 2, 2, 2. 2, 11. 2, 11. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I have withstood him to his face. Because he was to be Blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when the when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision party. And what happens? And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with them. So that even Barnabas was getting carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw, <laughs> look at this, when I saw, when he saw, when he sees. That they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel. I said Peter before them all. If you being a Jew live like the manner of the Gentiles and not as a Jew. Why do you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? And verse 15. We who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith in Jesus Christ. He was standing for justification by faith alone. Polemics. Refuting. False doctrine. That is what? Eliezer. And what happens if you are like this? You will suffer, hated, rejected. If you withstand people and expose false doctrine in their hypocrisy, do you think the Pharisees will love you? There are Pharisees, there are Sadducees, and there are board members. Finally, go to uh, Second Samuel chapter twenty three. We look at the final soldier. And after him was Shama, the son of Agi, the Hararite. You know what the word Agi comes from the word Agag. Who is Agag? The king of the Amalekites, interestingly. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but Shama, next verse. But Shama stationed himself or withstood, stationed himself. He stood and defended what? Lentils. Are you lentils? Ray? Lentils. Where do you find lentils in the Bible for the first time? Huh? Esau? Of course, for the pot of lentil soup, he sold his birthright. He could not withstand. And what does Shama do? Not even a foothold. Not even a foothold. I will stand my ground. I will stand my ground. I will not compromise. How do we do that in the New Testament? Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 25 to 27. If you can put it in the NIV and the message. First NIV. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. If you are if you, if you, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, settle accounts before you go to sleep. In the Old Testament, the Lord stopped the sun and the moon. In the New Testament, before the sun and the moon go down, settle your accounts. Withstand Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 14, actually verse 15 onwards. Oh yeah, 14 onwards, 14 to 17, and we will stop. This is a message, right? Thank you, thank you. Let us put let it put let us put it there. Okay. Work at getting along with each other. Kya hai? And with God. <laughs> I like that. Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye on. Keep a sharp eye out for the weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin the whole garden in no time. Stand, withstand. And next verse. Lest there be a fornicator or a perfuny person like Esau. No, no, no. Message. Watch out for Esau syndrome. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. Stop it. Withstand. You know very well how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, but by then it was too late, tears or no tears. And you know what Shama says? Lentils boss, I will not allow the enemy to take a foothold in my life. Foothold in my life. Why? My aim is to please the one who has enlisted me into his army and i want to be a breakthrough (laughs) become a breakthrough let's pray father we just thank you father for this day thank you lord for your goodness and your mercy in our lives we just worship you we appreciate your goodness lord we appreciate your kindness you're a good god your mercy endures forever we thank you we praise you. I pray, Father, that you grant us the grace continuously so that we will live to be a breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen.